What's up, guys? Welcome to the Follow That Fear podcast, a show dedicated to empowering you to follow that fear and take action on what is calling you. My name is Kat, Kat Del Carmen, Catalina, whatever you want to call me. Not really. I've said that before, but don't call me whatever you want to call me. Just call me Kat or Catalina. Um, Anyways, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. If you have listened to any of the past episodes and if you've taken something away, like if you've really found any piece of value, a little nugget of knowledge, a little nugget of inspiration, um, the best thing you can do for me is to share this podcast uh, with a friend and write a comment. Um, a review, I should say, within iTunes. Um, I'm not sure if Spotify lets you, but it would mean so, so much to me if you spread the word in your IGTV stories. You could find the Follow That Fear podcast in IG handle at Follow That Fear. Today, we are going to cover some lessons that I've learned in the last 10 years. We are almost at the end of a decade, and I'm a big fan of new beginnings, and I am just very comfortable with change, and it's something that I've learned to love. Um, And seeing that this is a new decade, 10 whole years, I... I've done a lot of reflecting of, you know, where I was 10 years ago and where I am now. So today I'm going to share a handful of lessons, 10 lessons to be exact, that I've learned in the last 10 years. And while I go through this, I really want you to also just take it, take some time and think about the lessons you've learned in 10 years. It's so important that we as people and as ourselves take a moment to understand like where we've grown and where we have room to grow. So I challenge you to do that while I share these with you. All right, so number one, we've got to learn to let things go and let people go. I've been married now for about almost six years, and I've been with my now husband for almost 10 years. And I really had to dig deep and think about the lessons I had learned before we were together um, for this specific lesson. Prior to my relationship with my husband, I was in this high school relationship that um, was really toxic. It was just not a good relationship. And I remember towards the end of our relationship, we both kind of knew it wasn't meant to be. Like it was in a good relationship. We were super toxic and we had grown a lot together and we both knew that it wasn't meant to be. But some of you might be able to relate to this, but when you are with someone that you've been with, you know, a long time, it's really hard to imagine yourself without them. And even when you know it's the right thing, it's so difficult to end a relationship that you've invested so much in. So it was difficult. It was really, really difficult for us to break up. And to be honest, it really didn't even come to an end until I got with my now husband. But as I learned to grieve from that relationship and, uh, you know, I was pretty heartbroken for a while, but as I, as I, as I grieved that relationship, I, I changed my mindset on 
how to look at the relationship I had in the past. I had to learn to look at this breakup, this end of a love story with so much gratitude. I had to look at it thinking, how lucky am I to have loved and to have this young love? How lucky am I that I got to learn all these lessons about love? I came out of this relationship so much smarter, so much wiser, so much like the person, like the woman I want to be. I'm better off because I left this relationship, but I'm leaving it better than I started, smarter than I started. See, when we think, when we, when we know it's, it's time to end something, whether it's a relationship, a job or whatever, we got to start looking at things differently. We got to start looking at them with gratitude and learn how to let things go and let people go. All right. So for lesson number two, lesson number two is fail as much as possible. You know, there are a lot of times that I've felt like a big fat failure, like a lot of times. It could be like one of the things would be that it took me 10 years to finish college. Yes, I was going part time and yes, a lot of stuff happened in between, but it still took me 10 years. I used to get on myself so much about that. I could also feel like a failure about knowing that five of those years I was on probation and almost got kicked out of school. I wasn't a good student. That felt like a failure as well. I also felt like a failure when I left a very comfortable job to start a new career in tech and I could not keep like uh, all my, I could only get contract jobs. I would go for temp jobs and still not get them. I'm telling you, I felt like such a failure when I was looking for the job I'm in now. And now I've been with my company for about four years, but before that, man, I felt like such a failure. I applied for literally hundreds of jobs um, and just got a couple callbacks. But it was in, but it was in all of these failures that I realized my own worth. I started seeing things a little bit differently. Started understanding that, hey, I actually am valuable. I started going to interviews and asking really educated questions. I was started to be really invested in the companies I was interviewing with. I started up my game. And that is when I started to realize that these failures actually make me better. They make me smarter. They make me quicker. They make me understand what I want. So when I say fail as much as possible. I'm not saying just like, oh, go fail, fail over and over again. What I'm saying is fail forward. If you're going to fail, learn from it and then try again and then fail again if you gotta. And then if you gotta do it and for the sake of growing and for the sake of learning about yourself, if you have to fail again and again and again and again, those are learning lessons and you're gonna benefit from them. All right, I'm going to stay in like the failure kind of lessons. But lesson number three is fail the best you can. So when I say fail the best you can, I mean 
that sometimes we are in a situation or a predicament where we know we're going to fail. We just know we haven't given our best work and you're just not proud of your output. And when you're in those moments, when you're about to deliver a product or a project or whatever that is mediocre and just something you're not proud of, I beg of you to take a moment and try to muster up as much energy as you can to make it just a tiny bit more special, just a tiny bit more better. Do absolutely any little thing you can do to just put a little bow around it, even when you think it's crap. There are so many times in my career where I've known that what I'm turning in is not good and I turn it in just to find out that it was like a winner, that I did amazing. And in my head, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like I this, I spent no time on this. I should have done this. I should have done that. I da, 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 da. But in reality, my work was good. It was fine. I, when I say fail the best you can, I just want you to remember that sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to have this great end piece or this great like output. Put it in our head that if it's not this like a hundred percent done piece, that it's crap. And I'm telling you right now that it's not true. Sometimes just crappy work can be amazing work to someone else. So when you fail, when you know you're going to fail, do the best you can. All right, number four is you have to learn how to play the cards you were dealt. I don't know about you, but in my jobs, all the jobs that I've had, I've, I've met all kinds of people. And there's something about people that grew up privileged, that grew up rich, that grew up, you know, with a lot of opportunity that just bugs me. It used to bug me, I should say. I used to get so wrapped up with like people who just had it good in their life. And to be honest, a lot of the times I made a lot of assumptions about those people, but I would, you know, in my younger years, I would think, well, if I had it that way, then I would do A, B, and C. Well, they must be so lucky that they had, you know, everything taken care of, that they don't have to pay student loans or they don't have to take care of this or that. I would get so wrapped up in the cards that they were dealt and I'd look at my life like, dang, how come, you know, how come I wasn't dealt those cards? And this kind of thinking I've learned in the past and in the last 10 years, I've learned that this kind of thinking literally helps us be a victim of our own lives. We have to look at our life from a positive view and understand that the cards that we were dealt make us who we are. And if we look deep, deep, deep into our successes and like where we've had success, I promise you what you'll find is what's made you successful is the cards that you were dealt. That's actually the great stuff. All the hardships we've been through in our life, all the insecurities we have, that is the fuel, the fuel to our successes. So next time you're meeting someone or you're working with someone and you're like, God, they had it so good. I wish I had it that way check yourself because first you probably don't know everything about their life and second you really need to start looking at your own life and looking at how your own struggles fuels you does that make sense y'all 
we got to learn how to play the cards we were dealt and keep our eye our eyes on our own stuff. All right, number five, nobody knows what's best for you except for yourself. This is a big one, um, especially in my early 20s. You're gonna have to make some big decisions if you really wanna go towards those goals you wanna make. Like if you really wanna start a business, you're going to have to reevaluate your time and where you spent it because you're gonna need some time to invest in your business. Or if you want to write a book, you want to be an author, you're gonna have to do some adjusting so you can make it happen, so you can do the research you need to do. Whatever we want to do in our lives, it's gonna involve making some decisions. And sometimes when we when we don't know what exactly to do in life, we, it's normal, but what we do is we go to the people in our lives and we ask them, like, what do you think I should do? Do you think I should marry this person? Do you think I should move to this city for this job? Do you think I should do A, B, and C? And it's good that we reach out to our family and friends. And if we're lucky enough to have friend, family and friends with um, that we can confide in, that's amazing. But what I've learned throughout the years is that we really have to learn how to filter who we are asking advice from. Because the people who love us, they love us, but they're not always the right person to give you invite, advice on certain subjects. Even like your mom or your boss or your friend or your husband. We have to learn to understand and hear the advice from everyone, but understand that at the end of the day, our wisdom, our inner wisdom, that's what we need to tap into. We need to tap into our inner wisdom and God, pray about it because nobody knows what's best for you and except for you. So get the opinions of a limited amount of folks on whatever big decisions you might have coming up next year. But at the end of the day, you are going to have to do the work. You are going to have to push through. So make a decision that you can stand by. All right, number six is you do not need permission to do the things you want to do. You don't need permission, guys. I used to have it in my head that, you know, I couldn't be something without without someone like solidifying it. Like for example, like if I wanted to be a fashion blogger, I couldn't call myself a fashion blogger unless I like had a sophisticated blogging like website and blog. Or at work, I remember um, when I first started at the company I was I'm at now, I was an administrator. I was a coordinator and I did a lot of administrative work and I really, really wanted to get promoted and I remember trying so hard to get promoted, but it just like was would never work out. And it wasn't until my she, my now boss actually at the time she wasn't my boss she was my coworker, but she came to me and I would you know express how much I wanted to get promoted and she was like Cat why aren't you doing the things like the actual tasks the actual projects that you would be doing if you had the job you wanted. And I told her, I don't think anyone's going to like respect me because I'm an, a coordinator or because I do administrative work. And she challenged me to just go for it. And I remember I did. I started talking to these higher ups like I knew what I was talking about because I did know what I was talking about, but I didn't have the confidence. So I started doing the work of the job I wanted 
And I quickly learned that you don't need permission from anyone to have ownership in what you do. So you don't need permission to be a blogger. You get to own that title if you want to do the work. I had to learn on my own that I don't need permission. Nobody could tell me, hey, Kat, you don't have a big enough following to do a podcast. No, I can do a podcast if I freaking feel like it. Watch me. We don't need permission. We just need to tap into ourselves and give ourselves permission. So I want to challenge you. What do you need to give permission to yourself for? Maybe you need to give yourself permission to start from scratch, permission to mess up, permission to say no to people who want your time, permission to build a product You guys, this is a huge lesson for me and know that you don't need permission from anyone. You just need permission from yourself and God if you swing that way. But you don't need other people's validation. You you just need to give it to yourself. All right, number seven is F what people think. You guys, I've talked about this before, but when I started... uh, When I started my first blog a couple years back, I really struggled with what people thought about me. What are people going to think? Do I look conceited in this photo? Do you think people think I'm self-centered? What if people say this about me? I used to just come up with everything of what would people think? What would people think? And man, like you got to just do things. First of all, I quickly realized that not a lot of people care. (laughs) I mean, not to be rude or to be, you know, to sound bad, but sometimes we get so wrapped up in what people think. Like, if you really think about it, people are busy and have lives. They probably aren't even thinking about you at all. And that actually gave me some comfort. I'm like, you know what? I guess I'll just post this. I bet you nobody's going to see it. And it started to give me comfort. But on the other side of it, I started to realize, wait, I know who I am. And for people who actually know me, they know who I am. They know I'm a kind person. They know I'm not conceited or self-centered. They know that I'm generous and I always ask them how they're doing. The people that know me, know me. And the people that don't, they either get to choose to see me as me, or they could choose to see me as conceited or whatever they think. But at the end of the day, like I am who I am and I don't need to validate like other people's labels of me. So I needed to stop caring what people think. And that lesson, when I started my blog and started posting basically all all the self-promotion on Instagram, it sounds you know, a little bit shallow, but it was a huge lesson. And one of the biggest lessons for me to stop caring what people think. 
It's the reason I got to start my YouTube channel and start a podcast is because I had to stop caring what people think. So I challenge you next year, if you're going to go for something, just go for it. And if you have a single thought that starts with what are what is so-and-so going to think? What are people going to think? What is my family going to think? What are my friends going to think? You are in your way if you're thinking like that. The only person in your way is you if you're thinking like that. All right, so number eight goes along with not caring what people think, but confidence is built. Because I'm an extrovert and I'm a pretty friendly person, a lot of people think that confidence comes really easy to me. And in some ways it does. But I want to be super clear, especially because I was just talking about, I want to be super clear that confidence is something that you build and work on every single day. Every time I try something new, I'm exercising and building confidence. Every time I post a photo that I'm like iffy about, I build some confidence. Every time I ask for a raise, I'm building confidence. Every time I interview for a job, I'm building confidence. Those uncomfortable moments that is what builds your confidence. So if you your confidence. So if you're someone who's like, oh, I need I wish I had the confidence to do A, B, and C, then I challenge you to do as many things as possible that scares you. Because it's those little tasks, those little things that you do that freak you out, that you're just like, ah, I can't do it. That is how you build confidence. And then eventually when you do a couple more things that get you out of your comfort zone and a couple more and a couple more, you realize, holy crap, I could do anything. I'm telling you, confidence is built. It's something you have to work on every single day, every single week, every single year. Confidence is built. All right, so number nine is nobody, this is a big lesson that I learned uh, in the last 10 years is nobody knows what they're doing. We have it in our heads that like people know what they're doing, especially when we look at people who are in the doing the things we want to do or in a position, like a higher up position. We just assume like they know what they're doing. They're super sophisticated. They've got it all together. But what I've learned, especially in my career, is that People literally don't know what they're doing. We're all trying to figure it out. So I used to, when I first started the job that I work at, I, it was a startup, right? I was a, it was a startup where we didn't have a lot of processes. It was a lot of young people working for this company. And we, we had to figure out along, a lot along the way. And, and I mean like processes, tasks, like so much, you just kind of had to figure it out. And when um, my company got acquired by a super sophisticated company called Adobe, you might've heard of it, like Photoshop Adobe. We got acquired by Adobe and the acquisition in, in itself was like, I could do a whole podcast about the experience of an acquisition, but a huge lesson I learned is when we got acquired, everybody in this startup had an assumption that like, oh, Adobe is this huge company. They make billions of dollars. They're a 25-year-old company. They must have all of their shit together. 
And as we started integrating, even like a year or two after, I started realizing, holy moly, Adobe does not have their stuff together. They are making millions of dollars and they're still just figuring things out. I realized really, really, really quickly, I would talk to higher ups and I would ask them questions and things I needed to know. And I realized that they didn't even know what they were, what all the, you know, the everything they were doing. They didn't know. So I started to learn that I needed to be more kind to myself and not put so much pressure on myself because I realized that nobody knows what they're doing. We're all figuring it out. We're all figuring it out. So get it out of your head that like the per, you know, this person knows what they're doing or comes easy to them or whatever. No, there are just people who are brave enough to do things scared. That's it. Nobody knows what they're doing. We're all just trying to figure it out. All right. So lesson number 10, last one is never stop getting to know yourself. If there's one thing I want you to take away today in this podcast, it's that you have to always, always work on understanding yourself a little bit more. Understand what makes you truly happy. Get to know what makes you excited what is the kind of life you want for yourself? Getting to know ourselves and being self-aware is the key, the key to our happiness. It literally is. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what your mom says, what your friends say, what your husband says, your wife says. Uh, at the end of the day, you are the person who knows what will make you feel whole. So what I'm going to challenge you with this lesson, what I'm going to challenge you to do, is to, especially in the next year and the next decade, is really tap into your inner wisdom. When we connect with our inner wisdom or with God, what we want becomes so much more clear. Sometimes we, we want something so bad, but we don't exactly know what it is. I promise you, if you get to know yourself, you'll get more clarity. You'll stop feeling like you don't know or don't know where to start or don't know what to do. If you're feeling any of this conversation or if you're feeling lost at all, ask God or ask yourself. Stop and think and literally ask Go to a quiet place and ask for clarity. <clears throat> Close your eyes and pray about it. Close your eyes and ask for guidance. What do I need to be happy in this area? What do I need to do? What is the next level I should go? Where do I go next? Ask. Understanding ourselves and our habits and our rituals and things like that, that is what we need to make us whole and happy. 
So before seeking anything, seek understanding. I promise you just this one tip alone will give you clarity. Never stop getting to know yourself. All right, y'all. That was so fun. I hope you took something away. And if you took even the tiniest little nugget away from this, I ask you to share this podcast with a friend. Share it on your IG stories, on Facebook, wherever you see fit. That's how podcasts grow. And I do this every week, not for me. Um, but for you. So thank you so, 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 so much. We have a new year upon us, a new decade upon us, and I just want to send you off with all the good vibes. And today I want to challenge you to really reflect on what you have learned in the last decade. What are some lessons you can write down and be proud of yourself for learning? Think about those times you felt stuck in the last 10 years and think about how you got through it. Think about the wins. Think about all the lessons. And I challenge you to write them down. Reflect. See how much you've grown because that's going to be your fuel for next year and for the next decade. All right, guys, you have an amazing day, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate your time. I don't take it for granted, and I just appreciate you so much. All right, guys, have a good one. All love. Ciao. I used to have it in my head that I can I couldn't be you know I couldn't be something without without someone like solidifying it. Like for example, like if I wanted to be a fashion blogger, I couldn't call myself a fashion blogger unless I like was sophist- had a sophisticated blogging like website and blog. Or at work, I remember um, when I first started at the company I was, I'm at now, I was an administrator. I was a coordinator and I did a lot of administrative work and I really, really wanted to get promoted. And I remember trying so hard to get promoted, but it just like was, would never work out. 
And it wasn't until my, she, my now boss, actually, at the time she wasn't my boss, she was my coworker, but she came to me and I would, you know, express how much I wanted to get promoted. And she was like, Kat, why aren't you doing the things like the actual tasks, the actual projects that you would be doing if you had the job you wanted? And I told her, I don't think anyone's going to like respect me because I'm an, a coordinator or because I do administrative work. And she challenged me to just go for it. And I remember I did. I started talking to these higher ups like I knew what I was talking about because I did know what I was talking about, but I didn't have the confidence. So I started doing the work of the job I wanted. And I quickly learned that you don't need permission from anyone to have ownership in what you do. So you don't need permission to be, you know, a a blogger. You get to own that title if you want to do the work. I had to learn on my own that I don't need permission. Nobody has to tell me. They can't like nobody could tell me, hey, Kat, you don't have a big enough following to do a podcast. No, I can do a podcast if I freaking feel like it. Watch me. We don't need permission. We just need to tap into ourselves and give ourselves permission. So I want to challenge you. What do you need to give permission to yourself for? Maybe you need to give yourself permission to start from scratch, permission to mess up, permission to say no to people who want your time, permission to build a product You guys, this is a huge lesson for me and know that you don't need permission from anyone you just...